my name is Robert Higgins. And I'm Kay Tuxford. And this is episode 20 of Screenwriting from the Trenches, a podcast about the craft and expression of screenwriting in all its forms. I can't talk today. From the perspective of writers just like you. This episode, we are putting our favorite screenwriting pro- programs, Fade In and Writer Duet, together for a little tete-a-tete, Kay Tuxford. But first... What is screenwriting Twitter fighting about this week? Yeah, so, I mean, my heart is broken. Wordle has been officially bought by the New York Times. Um, Capitalism adulterates everything. The world is over, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, your cult is now a a corporate Yeah, I know. Um, But really, it's supposed to remain free and... Uh, the guy, James Wardle, got money for it, which is probably a nice thing for him in his life. So I guess, yeah, man. I guess we're going to just have to, you know, pat him on the back and continue with our Wordles with probably like an NYT logo in the corner. So, um, and more ads. And more ads. There might be some ads. Um, but if that means that this guy gets to like, I don't know go be happy and have a good life and whatnot i suppose we owe him that joy i suppose there's quite a few uh things going on in terms of contests and such this week we had final draft throwing out their list of big break uh semi-finalists right 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 and we had sort of two things, uh, Paige Feldman's thread on the gamification of screenwriting. Yeah, and Paige, Paige by the way, if you uh, at home actually did a podcast with Rob back in December when I was out. So if you yeah, want Yeah, she was one of our Feldman guest content. hosts. Yeah, if you want more content with Paige, uh, definitely check that episode out. Yeah, and that will be linked in the show notes, our other podcast with Paige. We'll put that in the show notes, so if you want to uh see what she's all about uh she's also got a really great channel where she is um putting up in sort of graphic detail her uh journey to bring her movie kaleidoscope to the screen and i've been watching her vlogs and she talks she went through the whole thing and she sort of wrote her script in just over a month but yeah, she had a, a thread on the gamification of screenwriting where she sort of argues uh, that a lot of these contests don't seem to be, their purpose doesn't seem to be to do anything other than to get you like the next badge, like the sort of cover fly kind of thing. Like I'm the third, I'm in the top three percentile of things like the way that you you know, list your stats on, uh, you know, from like Call of Duty or, you know, in some cases, OnlyFans. Uh, there's just, you know, the I way, know that. Yeah. Now we you, know I, something about you and we know something about me. Yeah, it's hilarious because like I'm watching it and I see people like, you know, put up this whole thing. Like I'm in the top three percentile of cover flies, blah, 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 yakety schmackety. And it's the same kind of like things that people, that porn stars put up where like I am in the top three percentile of of only fans yeah so i think i think so Paige's thread is all about the gamification of screenwriting and the idea is you have sites like a cover fly or i'm gonna argue a blacklist yeah blacklist as well 
Yeah, or, um, you know, I see people post their Wii screenplay results to show what percentile they're in, um, or even various contest threads. If you look at a lot of uh, Twitter, screenwriting Twitter folk, they list their contest wins, even in their bio or their placements. Yeah. So it, there's definitely kind of these like um, badges, like literal badges on Coverfly, <laughs> and then actual like, uh, wow. you know, people are putting their, you know, what sort of wins and awards they got everywhere else. But Cover of Life, they're, they're actual badges that, that you get and they're, they're just given to you. Now I have a Cover Fly, so like, I don't want anyone to listen to this and then be like, well, Kay is a hypocrite. Kay has a Cover Fly and they've given her some badges. Yeah. Um, um, to, what, to what I'll say, that, that is all true. Um, but I think it's <laughs> interesting what uh, Paige points out, which is when you get to some of these sites it seems like there's more of a focus to get more badges or get more kind of tokens um you know on the board for screenwriting but it's not necessarily the goal um to you know have the most badges or tokens for any screenwriter so um you know she makes a point here she says i'm gonna <clears throat> it seems like the point is to accumulate accolades and high rankings and basically accumulate badges for bragging rights in the same way you might if you're playing a video game. And this isn't a wholly bad thing. Duolingo is the gamification of language and learning, and it's super helpful. But at some point, to really move forward, you're going to have to go into the world and say, Donde está el museo, and hope you remember your izquierdo from your de derecha. And by the way, I don't speak Spanish. So unless no. your only goal is to win a contest, which if it is, that's great. Uh, don't get caught up in scores and badges and lists and percentages. They might help push you to the next step, but you actually have to take that step for them to mean anything. Screenwriting isn't a game. So, you know, her line in the sand, I think, is a really valid point here. And it's getting a lot of I gave it a lot of love. I think a lot of folks are giving it love because ultimately, if your goal is to win a contest or you know give that one percent badge or something then um you can win the game of cover flight or whatnot uh but for most of us it's just to get our stories made right right that's, that's the goal yes a lot of this is just it, for me it you know it, it sort of ties into all of this kind of crap you know this is all about the sort of is you know the gamification like but it's it's very much in that sort of the same way she has the the right thing in terms of video games but like you know this is the same way that the video game op, uh sort of industry operates where you have a lot of these people that come in and um provide you with these in-game like oh your character can buy this and your character can do that and they're not really doing anything to enhance the game but at the same time you know, people, it's just vanity stuff. And that's what a lot of these, I think these contests are, they're, they're vanity things like, oh, I was a semi-finalist for X, Y, and Z contest. And when you get into a meeting, and we've said this before, no one cares about any of these things. They're just no, like, you know, unless you really won the contest, and even that is a dubious proposition, um, you know, nobody really cares like, that's not yeah. what we write screenplays for. We don't write screenplays. I know some people may be writing screenplays to win contests, but I don't write screenplays to win contests. I don't write, I, I write them because I want them to get made or, or I'm trying to get paid one or the other. Like, yeah, I, I, and I, I think, I think, uh, I think uh, there, I'm going to argue that contests aren't necessarily a bad thing. 
you know, it can be good to have a goal or a deadline or kind of use that to, you know, see how your work kind of does. Um, but I don't know if it's something you really want to just spend all your time on as a screenwriter. Yeah. Uh, and I think, I think sometimes what happens is everybody's kind of gearing up just to get their badges on Coverfly or get their eight or nine on the blacklist. And then, um, you know, I'm going to say, speak this as somebody who's been there. Like I have one script pipeline. Um, I went out with a writing partner and then we don't have a partnership anymore. So the script is essentially DOA, you know, something like that happens and it's like, okay, like, oh, you did it. You won. I, you know, I placed within eight on the blacklist. Like I've done, you know, the nickel semifinals and stuff like that. So I'm not really trying to come from a place of like bitterness so much as like perspective. Like I think a lot of people, especially running around um, on Twitter or something, they think, oh, if I just get that eight on the blacklist, if I just get that, you know, semi-finalist placement or win, then all of a sudden my screenwriting dreams will come true. And I think that, you know, realistically speaking, it's not necessarily a linear path like that. And just because somebody sits there and goes, oh, there's a lot of merit in what you're writing. We think it's good, skilled writing. It doesn't even necessarily mean that somebody's going to say, oh, I can, I can make this. And I think, I think too often people are equating that. Uh, and basically saying, if I get all the badges, if I get all the wins, then eventually it will get me. Yeah. And for me, that's just, you know, as someone who's never placed on anything, but still has, you know, like I have a script that just refuses to die and <laughs> it's passed around. And somebody like every time I think it's dead, somebody tries to re-option it. It's never placed on any contest thing or, you know, and even when I put it up for the blacklist, it only got a six. So for me, it's just kind of like, you know, and that just that sort of goes into our next thing where uh, Gina D'Angelis, who goes by Gina D27 yeah. uh, on Twitter, and I actually think it's Gina D underscore 27 um, on Twitter, and she was talking about her experience that she with, had. With Blacklist, yeah. With the Blacklist, yeah, and where she uh, previously had paid for notes, and she said they were comprehensive if not sometimes baffling, um, but at least that they were comprehensive. And now the price has gone up in terms of uh, what the blacklist used to be. And I've done this myself where like in order to get two reviews and to host it for a month, it's $30 per screenplay and $100 per evaluation. And in her sort of experience recently, uh, it was more expensive, but less comprehensive. And she said that's sort of where she drew the line, where the things that she got, the the scores were of a certain place. And then she didn't, there were no, there was no advice on how to fix it. Yeah, you know, I find this, uh, especially if you go over to, I know we talk about screenwriting Twitter, but you know me, I love me some Reddit, um, just because it's more organized by category than personality. And, mm -hmm. you know. An idea of not dealing with people is very attractive to me sometimes. Um, so screenwriting Reddit has kind of covered this a couple of times about the blacklist. And a lot of times when somebody sits there and says, these notes aren't good, um, the, the, the retort they give is blacklist isn't really supposed to give, it's not notes. It's just to tell you how you're doing in the industry. Right. It's kind of their new anthem. But the thing is, and as Gina was pointing out, it was at some point in 2016, helpful usable notes and then all of a sudden it became a uh you know as they've gone along just a decisive you know we'll read it and you know 
make our decisions, but it, you know, it was kind of this, like, we don't owe you any feedback that is helpful. Well, it sort of feels like the things that you get now are what you're paying for is essentially sort of a, like a home version of studio coverage. Like if you were getting, if you sent your script, if you somehow got your script in on the desk of some Hollywood producer and they had a, you know, they have a assistant slash reader um, who's got a ton of scripts that they read every day and they write the coverage and then pass it on to their boss. It feels like that's what you're paying for. You're paying for like the home game version of that. Yeah. Um, and that, you and know, the boss and the boss doesn't want to, I mean, I, I don't know if you've worked at a production house, but in general, the boss would prefer you pass on everything. Right. Because not passing means you have to do a lot more work. That's what it feels like the, the, the blacklist has become versus yeah. what it used to be. And yeah. You know, Gina talks about that and how that seems sort of not to be worth the at least uh, $130 that you're going to spend. Sort just of, per, per one script. Just per, per one script, right. Yeah. That for one script, for one month and one review, that's $130. And, and I will point this out there, you know, um, the other thing about the blacklist and actually, so... So back in like 2016, I submitted some stuff to the blacklist uh, and the same project, uh, 40 Elephants, that one script pipeline um, placed on the blacklist. And I think it got like an eight or ish or whatever. And it got two reads and I think the reads were like sevens, you know, so it was like, OK, it's all in the neighborhood of pretty good. Um, and what I can tell, tell you is that, first of all, the whole blacklist promotes it if it goes over an eight, not necessarily. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people, people say that like, oh, and then they'll promote it and I'll get all these industry downloads. No, not necessarily. Additionally, um, if you don't continue to host or pay for more reads, eventually they stop putting that eight up in their category of, you know, um, scripts that are ranking highly. You have to keep consecutively scoring eights and keep getting notes to continue to be promoted by the blacklist. Right. It is a limited amount of time, even if you get a high rank. And so what essentially you're doing is you're chasing a carrot to get the rank. Even if you do get it, now you got to keep it. Um, and you've got to, again, keep going through. Now, blacklist told me last time, so right at the beginning of the pandemic, that uh, I sent them some scripts just to get notes. Uh, I have a writing partner and we got some notes that were kind of questionable like Gina's. And, um, you know, I, for the most part, I'm kind of like, oh, okay, you know, not everybody vibes with everything. Uh, just cause I have a background of being, you know I used to run a script consulting uh, branch of the writer's store. So I'm like, okay, I realize like I'm probably one of their toughest customers. So I tried to give them um, a little bit of a break but there was one set of notes that I had the same sort of issue like Gina. I had to kind of write to them. It was somebody who was trying to give me feedback on a TV pilot, but they, even though the TV pilot had like acts, like act one, act two, act three, act four, like in a traditional TV pilot format, they confused all the acts and told me I only had three acts and were giving me advice for like it was a feature screenplay. So I sent the notes to Blacklist and I was like, hey, I don't think this person knows TV format. I don't think they should be giving notes on TV format. And because I have another script uh, that's waiting to be assigned, can you make sure, and it's a TV pilot, can you make sure this person doesn't read it? Because I don't think that they are skilled enough um, to, to read 
TV scripts. Naturally, the blacklist did not respond to me for some time. And they were like, you must want a refund, right? They were very much like, fill out this application for a refund. They didn't even read what my request was. Um, and then I was like, well, I mean, I, I didn't. Uh, well, I'm sorry, not a reread. <clears throat> uh, they don't want to necessarily give you your money back. Um, and finally, I got out of them. I'm like, I just want to make sure this particular reader does not read my other script. That's all I want um, because they don't seem to know TV format. And they came back and they told me that no reader is allowed to read the same writer's material more than once, which means even if you find somebody that you vibe with on the blacklist, that gets your material, that understands what you're doing, every time you submit it, you're starting fresh with God knows who, and you have no idea if they're going to like the material or not. You have, you know, no sense of consistency where like, if you're sending off to a production house, they have a limited number of readers and you can sit there going, ah, this person liked the lot, you know, like this draft or this person, you know, kind of likes these sort of things and you can cater to it. You're always going into the blacklist blind. There is nothing you can do uh, except for basically shoot your money out of a cannon and see what happens. Yep. Which is why, and for me, I just, like, for me, whenever I think about doing that sort of thing, like, I don't know, maybe people are, maybe I'm privileged and somehow find, like, people that are willing to sort of read my scripts and give feedback. Sure. Um, you know, that could be something. But for me, I just find it very cost prohibitive to, it is. to try and for, you know, just for one read. That's $130. That's a lot of money in my world. And like, yeah, mine too. Mine yeah, too. The, the only time that I did it, it was where like a producer who had, uh, who had optioned the script, like they wanted uh, to sort of get the feedback from the blacklist. And I was like, okay, well, if you're willing to put up the money, you abso absolutely go ahead. That's on you, but I'm not going to do it. And then, like you said, you have to keep hosting and keep doing it. Like, and every month that you host it, that's another $30 per script. And every review that you get is another $100. And you can do, you know, you, you know, that's how you end up spending like hundreds of dollars on, on, on like, you know, get these notes. And yeah. the yeah, thing and I, that sort of weirded me out was like, well, it was like, I got a six on the script that I did host both times. And, but the review on it, they were really nice. I like, they were really pleasant. And I was just like, okay, well, there wasn't any sort of problems with it. I didn't see any sort of major things with it. I was like, okay, well, I just arbitrarily got a six. That was a waste of money. I will never do this again. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, I think you know, for some people, they, they just see that brass ring that, you know, oh, well, if they get it and I rank high, they will, they will promote it. Uh, and I'm just saying now there is no guarantee they will promote it. So a lot of times when we have that, idea that if your script gets on the blacklist, everything else happens and everything else uh, lands in place. The honest truth is, yeah, it might help. And for the people who does, it does help. Good for you. Congratulations for you. I'm, I'm, you know, everybody finds their own way into the business. And if this worked for you, it's great. But the blacklist is trying to basically keep that image of we are the gatekeepers that open the doors for you. And if you work with Blacklist, you too will have a movie, you know, uh, premiere, et cetera, et cetera. Whether or not they had anything to do with that movie getting made. Right. Because even if, like, it still got it into the hands of, like, you know, somebody who read it and things like that, there are a million other things that made, you know, the... And 
you know, yeah. made it go and, through. And ultimately, what made it go through was not the fact that it scored an eight, was the fact that it was well written. It was well, well written, written to someone's and, you know, t- and, tastes. Well, let's move on to our topic of the week. Yes, this is, a, started, this is a much happier topic for me. Yeah, which started uh, again on screenwriting Twitter where I was, uh, where the Kay audience. and I were, and were teasing each other. Um, well, it started with me winning. Yeah, you did. Lifetime you, subscription to my favorite screenwriting app, which is Writer Duet. Duet. Uh, and um, just being filled with joy because I never win anything. <laughs> Contest-wise on Twitter. Um, I'm, I'm lucky and family in love. So, uh, you know, I can't complain about the rest. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, so yeah. So then Rob kind of had to step in and feel like, uh, your screenwriting preferred software you wanted to make Which sure just fade in and yeah and yeah, i you know i was sort of love. teaching about that and we decided to do um a an episode on the virtues of both programs and then something happened which we'll discuss later on in the episode but uh so we decided to uh put uh both programs head to head uh based on the following categories functionality user interface, partner use, file integration, reformatting, price, and overall experience. And so we're just going to go through uh, and sort of make our case uh, semi-debate style uh, about these, uh, where we sort of think that each program program falls in terms of of the size of angels or devils. And... um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we'll start off with functionality. When we talk about functionality, it like just how well something works. Uh, you know, there's a there are some screenwriting programs. I'm not going to name any names, Celtics, uh, that just don't seem to work very well. Or you know, there are other screenwriting programs that crash all the time. Um, final draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, final draft. Yeah. Um, you know, that just. Just out of nowhere, just, hey, you crash, you know, and so when you think about functionality, you want something that is going to be reliable, something that just works. And for me, fade in, just, it works. It is one of those things that I really, I never have, I've never had a problem where a thing just crashed. I leave it up constantly um, Mm. on my Mac. I just leave it up and it doesn't crash. It's amazing like that. It just, you know, I just leave it up for days, for, for weeks. I've left it up for months at a time, just as a tab on my MacBook. And it just stays up, doesn't crash. I like, feel like I feel like there's some trauma coming from the, from past crashes on Final Draft. Yeah, oh my God. Oh my it, God. Yeah, I, I would argue um, Final Draft is just known for its unexpected error quitting, you know, especially if it hasn't been updated or the, you know, every time there was a new version of Final Draft that came out, yeah, it's always um, buggy, and then you got to wait till they patch it, and then it's yeah, like, exactly. You always have kind of a new cutting edge feature that you can tell potentially wasn't, you know, they 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 were exploring it still, and you know, they hadn't really thought about. It. You know, I remember <laughs> one time they had they did a presentation at the writer's store, and they came in to show us the new Final Draft, and they showed us this this beautiful like um, outlining scratch pad area that they had developed where you could create all these cars and you could create this like, you know, storyboard and stuff. And I said, great, how do you export that? Like, how would you show that to your writing partner or team? Like, how would they see this board? 
And they were like, yeah, so we don't have those answers. <laughs> I believe I've actually, I've actually beta tested um, yeah. Final Draft. Uh, I was a beta tester on Final Draft 9. And um, I went and literally they asked me to uh, like test it and re- report back. And I was doing re- little reports for them. And like every time it crashed or something happened. I really feel like though, I will say this about Final Draft. I feel like Final Draft 9 was like sort of like the like in terms of perfect, in terms of the way something could be at least in terms of the way I like to write it was sort of perfect and then when they like went to 10 they just sort of gamed it up um and it was just like a ton of crap that they just added that they really like you said they didn't hadn't added all the functionality for it they just had it in there it was just oh here's here's these note cards now here's these other things now hey you're welcome um and we were like this doesn't really work and they were like yeah but it's there is that great it's so fun but um, you know, fade in, like I said, it works. Um, I love, I love how I'm able to put things on the page the way that I like. Um, Writer Duet has, uh, I think, really great functionality. It also works, but there are some things about it that make me nervous. I don't know if it still does this, and you can sort of speak to this later on. Yeah. But I mean, but like. When I was writing uh, Barbara, I remember I was, it's a cloud-based system. And it would do this thing. Which is a huge distinguishing factor between these two programs. Right, it's a big deal. Um, You're on the cloud or you're not on the cloud. That's that's really the difference between fade in and write or do it. Right, and so there was the times where it would be like, this isn't, like it would tell you, and I'm (laughs) sort of nervous making me, it was very triggering, where it would be like, this isn't saving. The autosave isn't working. And you'd be like, what? Why? (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean the auto?" Save isn't working. Damn it. Um, and to be fair, I never had any crashes where like it was something where I, like I had to worry about it, but it was just, that was sort of crazy making where it would be like, autos, like save isn't working today. And it would be like, no, oh God. And <laughs> just right, 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 right. Well, I mean, it still does like backups and you can have, um, it, it has a, so it is cloud-based, but obviously mm-hmm. if you're in an area without any internet, it is not very helpful to you because so they do have a desk side copy that basically you can sync it back up to the cloud when you get back into internet so if you're in an area with spotty internet it does have a solution there um i have to be honest though i i like to just live in the cloud um which is probably the purest form um but yes you do get that moment where it's like oh i can't find an internet signal uh, yeah, so and it's just, <laughs> oh my God. But I will and, say this, like they're, like in terms of functionality, like even though uh, both screenwriting programs are operating system, system agnostic, um, I will say that Writer Duet is, like you can literally use it from anywhere. You can use it literally from anywhere. And it's because it's cloud-based, if the thing does have internet, like you can just pick it up from like a work computer. I used to do yes. that a lot. So That's that is, super cool. So that was my big motive for switching over to Writer Duet is um, I, um, I, I don't know if people know this, but I'm not a rich woman. Um, <laughs> I am an adjunct professor. You damn sure you're not doing this podcast with me. You are yeah, not a rich person. Yeah, and I had, I had a laptop um, back, back in the, the day uh, about, oh, goodness, 
eight years ago or so that one day I, I have this bad habit. Every time I have a laptop computer, I have a boyfriend or a spouse or a person I love destroy it by accident. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and so this, this one, my uh, partner saw me typing on the computer and working on my story and thought, wow, okay, so cute and adorable writing. I'm going to pull her chair back and give her a hug while she's writing. Uh, and my cord was wrapped around the chair for my no. laptop. And the whole thing just went crashing to the floor. So I had oh, no laptop. Um, and after that, I kind of had this moment, which was like, I can't keep going through laptops. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Other than the klutzy nature of my partner, like I do, uh, I do want to keep them around. So uh, yeah. my solution for that was um, just buying an inexpensive Chromebook, um, and that that was kind of my way to go about working and writing. Because number one, it was inexpensive; I could take it anywhere, um, and also since a Chromebook can't really run physical programs, it's basically just a portal to the internet. Writer Duet became kind of like my go-to so that um, I could literally open up my Chromebook and I can access Duet anywhere I want to go. And a Chromebook, as you know, is like way cheaper than a laptop. Yeah, it's super cheap. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. And that's the kind of thing. But like you, like I, you know, like I said, you can use, I've used Writer Duet on like, you know, shitty you know, Windows computers that like, you know, you, you get at your job, you know, that haven't been updated in like 12 years, you know, like yeah. those kind of crappy. Yeah, like, it is really great if you have downtime at work and access on your computer. It's not a, it's not right. a blocked website. It's not a blocked website, right. It's, it's not, not like, yeah. Right. Your, your boss isn't going to be like, what is this? What is um, this? Yeah, you can even be like, writer do it. It's a, it, it, it's a grammar checking and they'll go, oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah, they, they won't. It's not care. something that's going to raise any red flags or anything. no red flags, and there's nothing about it that's particularly unsafe. So, especially if you want to do a little writing on the fly at work, instead of having to like install a program, you know, right. onto your exactly. computer, you just have to open a tab and log in because it's cloud based. So, especially if you are, you know, I, I kind of viewed myself with the the uh, time without a computer and a time on the Chromebook. I called myself kind of a a computer nomad. I was going from computer to computer um, <laughs> to yeah. write my pages. Uh, Writer Duet is really useful for that because you don't have to have uh, install and you know onto your personal computer and run it from there. Yeah, uh, and anywhere I was, you go, you can log in and work. And I was sort of at the time when I was writing Barbara, I was also a computer nomad, but I was going between places where I worked. There were at the I was working between yes. these houses. And they would all have, you know, sort of the work computer and I'd be there at night and, you know, uh, you know, sort of copying like my pages that I've written into like, you know, to, into uh, writer duet and I could do it on any computer. I could just start right back up and yeah. because it's cloud based and just a tab, you know, it's not going to get me in trouble at work and it's not going to be something that. Um, like like you said, I have to install. And so for functionality, I will give a slight edge to writer duet. But, yeah, um, but but you know what? I'm gonna so so I actually hadn't really checked out Fade In until we decided to have this combat. Um, and so I did check it out this week just to make sure I wasn't gonna talk shit uh, on <laughs> Fade In unduly. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I think I think the nice thing about Faded and what I will tell a lot of people is that it's basically a stable 
a little bit more cleaner and user-friendly interface of, of Final Draft. It almost feels like there's somebody who made this program who loved Final Draft, maybe eight or nine in its purest form, um, and decided to make a stabler, you know, version of that program. And right. If, if you wanted, if you wanted a classic, version yeah. of Final Draft that does not suck and uses Courier Prime, that's what faded. It's it's just better, and the one that's <laughs> well, not okay, gonna. That, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but we'll talk about, there's another thing that we'll talk about later on down the list, but uh, let's go down to user interface. User interface yeah. uh, is the other thing that I sort of, where I, you know, we may disagree about this, but like, I feel like. Probably because yeah, I'm because right. I, yeah. <laughs> Okay, but like <laughs> we, uh, the user interface in Fade In, like I said, it's just, it's a very clean program. It comes up and you can't really like this, for me, like I've tried different things. I've tried, I think, almost every screenwriting program, major screenwriting program on the market. And for me, like in terms of um, going back to it, this also speaks to functionality because, you know, writing in Fountain always makes me feel like I'm trying to write C++ code. Like I can't, I, I'm just, I want to write, you know what I mean? I don't want to remember like this, the slash, the thing, thing, like those type of people who used to do that and like, you know, uh, live journal, like that kind of HTML based kind of yeah. coding where you could do this and it does this. No, no, thank you. The one that does it very clean and is also, I think, worth your time. Um, and we might go and do like another episode on it is Slugline, which is also fountain-based, but it's more of a tab-based kind of thing. But I don't think it has the same sort of functionality in terms of like, it doesn't it doesn't make me feel like I'm a page wizard the way that, uh, that Fade In does. So it so, makes you feel like a page wizard. Page wizard, that's right. I'm just making shit work on the page. Um, and that's what I feel like I'm doing in, in Fade In. I, I really do. So for me, the just the clean user interface. And, you know, it also has like this uh, really like uh, unobtrusive uh, scene navigator, which mm -hmm. I think is just amazing on the side where you're just like, what, what did I say back in that scene? I can just scroll up on it, hit that, and it'll take you up to. You know, Final uh, Draft is going to like pop it and be like, we had the scene nav navigator first. Yeah, but you uh, suck. And so. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, like it's just it's just a very clean interface. It's like it just lets me write. It doesn't distract yeah. me with like a bunch of stuff. It doesn't have any pop-ups to tell me things. Um, you know, because sort of uh, Final Draft has that sort of thing like Microsoft Word, where some sort of paperclip guy comes up and tells you like, and I'm like, get away yeah. from me, paperclip guy. I, I don't need more distractions. Like you know what I mean? I'm just trying to write. And so when yeah. I sit down at would fade in, I can literally like bang out pages because usually what I'm doing in fade in is I'm either editing or I'm transferring pages that I've already written into the program and I hate rewriting and I hate retyping things that I've already written so for anything I just want something that's that clean that works doesn't crash and I don't have to worry about it like falling apart on me uh, and so for me like the user interface of fade in is just perfect for um what I my purposes for a screenwriting program. Um, and I really, like I said, I love the way that I'm able to just make pages work where I like the way my pages look after I'm finished with them. Um, yeah, I and really, I think really I think there is that. appeal to that. There, there's something I really enjoy, like when you do a, like a print preview of your pages and you, mm -hmm. you 
two at a time and you see what they would look like next to each other. Right. Oh, you know, <clears throat> we are, we are nerds. Yeah. Um, I'm going <laughs> to argue that, um, you know, potentially just because fade in starts with that clean interface, you may have like a, like a hairs, uh, you know, breath a little bit um, right. ahead of Writer Duet. Writer Duet has some customized layouts and you can pick and choose from. Like I usually start mine in the classic mode, which is everything I'm used to because I've been using the program for so long. Right. Um, but they've updated, they have like a focus mode, which is just the page. Uh, they have like a, a simplified mode and like you can actually also just like, they have a hybrid. So uh, I'm sorry, you can customize it. So you can be like, I want these buttons here. I don't want these buttons here, that sort of stuff. Yeah, and but so, for me, like, like again, like if I have to go into it and start like customizing exactly. the focus mode, like immediately it's too busy. Like I have to like, like you, you in. want your program to already know what you want. Right, exactly. Right, and so, so that's why I'll give you extra points on that. That it already shows up exactly how you want. Um, I will argue that I like like the classic mode of Writer Duet because it's got um, all of the. Uh, formatting options buttons on the side menu. So it's mm -hmm. pretty easy to just grab those. Uh, and it is tab and enter based, which is again, I think fade in is the same way and final draft is the same way, which is you can navigate all the formatting just by pressing tab and enter. You never have to really touch a button. Sometimes when I go back up and realize I need to put a parenthetical in or something like that, it's, it's a little bit easier to use a widget. Um, but other than that, it's tab and enter all the way, baby. Um, <clears throat> So let's go into uh, partner use where you're going to win on this one. You, it's like it's called Writer Duet for a reason. Yeah, I was going to say, this isn't fair. <laughs> this is uh, a no-brainer, but it, it is because, you know, there are a lot of writing uh, partnerships out there. And uh, for me, I will, I will admit to this. Even if I'm doing something like I remember when I was doing Wagner's Roost and I had my friend Nick who, like, I, you know, he's a, you know, more much more of a horror person than I am. And I wanted to sort of get his... Uh, like opinion, we were doing sort of like an early, not like an outline draft, but like a beat, beat sheet, like that it was keeping at the top of the script. And when we were coming up with the beat sheet together, um, you know, the way that we worked and the way that worked for him, because he's also, you know, not a program person, not, and didn't, you know, didn't have the thing. So if you want to work with someone just on the basis where you can work with someone anywhere, there is literally no other writing program that makes it easier for you to do it other than Writer Duet. You yeah. Just, it's just unparalleled. Like I, so, I give it to it, hands down. Yeah, I think, I think I, I don't think I have to say more than that. I'm gonna argue for Fade-In's case. Fade-In, just for the people uh, listening, it does have a collaboration. I, why am I defending Fade-In? Yeah, I don't um, know. Well, you know, you know, they're, they're neat. Um, but I think, um, you know, I don't, I guess, you know, I know I promised a bloodbath, but I guess I woke up this morning and didn't choose violence. I'm like, yeah, uh, for once I, I chose, I chose caffeine and some cinnamon raisins. And toast. Yeah. And toast. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, which I watch you eat, but let's not hear nor there. That's but, a, but that's yeah, exclusive they do content have a, for our listeners. Later, yeah. They can watch me eat toast. They do um, uh, have a, a collaboration mode. Yeah, um, their collaboration mode is basically a, a replica, probably a little stabler than Final Drafts, which is basically you and your writing partner um, both can access your feed in from your separate computer. And basically one person can host a session 
while the other person uh, can join the session and then they can work on the script. Yeah, but Unlike, you both have to have the program, which kind of sucks. Like, you know, like if, you, if you're yes. doing, like I said, and especially in terms of, um, you know, like if you and I were to collaborate on something and since we both are like, you know, different things, I would join you in write a duet just because I don't have to download anything or pay for anything. That's the other thing. If you yeah. like, there's a free version of write a duet that you can download, not download, but you can just open up a tab, make your account and just start. And that is really, really like easy to do. Um, I don't know if Fade-In can do anything sort of like to try and put some sort of like thing in for it, but they're just, they ju there's just a clear winner here and it's right to do it. Yeah, so. yeah. And I would say this is this is just also just uh, to, to talk to our listeners. The reason I never particularly love final drafts and thus Faden's writer um, collaboration is it requires, as you said, both people to have the program and both log on um, at the same time which is something that um, I work with folks that are sometimes globetrotting or they're, you know, I have a friend in Brazil I'm working on a script with. And so, you know, for, for him to have the exact same time of day he feels like writing as me is basically asking one of us to be up at like 3 a.m. Um, it's not particularly fair and it's not particularly fun. And unfortunately you can't necessarily keep those uh, collaboration windows open without keeping your computer on and running and stuff. But since Writer Duet works much more like uh, Google Docs, if you've used Google Docs, you can right. basically, basically a person can pop on, if they have access to that document, they can pop on and make changes at any point in time. You don't have to host a session. Or and just we, leave notes because I, I yeah, work with a producer yeah. who, who like, you know, once we started working together, they had another script and they were just like, hey, Rob, I know you can't, um, I don't want you to like do a draft, but would you feel comfortable just coming on and just giving notes? And I remember it was like, if you upload it into Writer Duet, that's absolutely fine. And I just went on and went line by line. And just like, anytime there was a thing, I just left a note. It's very good for that. And it's like super uh, intuitive that way. And it just makes things a breeze. Like you can literally just go through a script, leave notes yeah. on it. And then there's just-, just like Again, just like comments on a Google Doc or something. Right, it's so good. Exactly and it's just, it's yeah. fantastic that way. And I, I I have to give it up. Final, I mean, while well, Writer Direct, they just, you know, it's just, there's no competition there. There's no, there are no other screenwriting programs that do it as well as Writer Duet when it comes to partner use and just use for another person. Um, so we'll just give them the win here. Okay, um, okay, but, I won't fight you hard on that. <laughs> okay. But uh, in terms of file it. integration, um, I'm going to give them. I'm going to give them both sort of. Um, this is a tie because. Um, what do you they, mean by file integration? If, okay, well, show me a picture. Yeah. Okay. Well, when I say file integration, I mean like if you start a file, um, in terms of uh, this sort of goes into functionality, but like it's specific functionality in terms of you start a file in Final Draft, like if you have old scripts in Final Draft um or even and you want to import it in you want to import it in it. or i started a script in writer duet writer duet and finished it and fade in um you know like there are <laughs> and I've, I've i've literally done things where i've like you know when i was testing out writer duet as to whether or not it was going to be my screenwriting program because after um i was forced to upgrade from 
or final draft nine, actually, um, to final draft 11. And I refused because I did not want to buy the program again. Uh, you know, they tried to send me down a rabbit hole because my uh, my my OS was upgrading to 64 bit and there was no sort of, you know, final draft was just like, well, too bad, you know, give us money. And I was like, no, I've already, no, no. And anyway, so I was looking for, I was sort of screenwriting homeless for a bit. And, uh, and I, when I was looking for it, I was looked for writer duet and I ended up writing a script in writer duet, an entire screenplay in writer duet and half another screenplay in writer duet. But I ended up taking them over to fade in after I chose fade in and it was just seamless. Um, even things where like I, you know, certain things where I'd left notes for myself or I had left um, different things, like they all sort of came over into fade in um and at the same time i've also done that in writer duet where there have been things that i've written in final draft or had to work on something that i wrote in fade in but wanted to work on with someone else and then i able to was able to upload it into draft. export uh to uh writer duet so the file integration of being able to do that on both sides I never really have a problem. I there's I have yet to have a problem where I was like I started in one other program and wanted to integrate it into either program and had some sort of real issue where I couldn't make that work. I agree. Yeah. Um uh I think the only time I I think I had trouble when I was testing an import for fade in this week I put something that was in writer duet and I think it added three pages. Right, but then we I, fixed that though. Well, we fixed it in two clicks. So, <laughs> um, uh, so it, it, it the only thing I would say is knowing knowing what program you're integrating to. And part of it was because, uh, again, if you guys want to get super nerdy, both of these programs have the ability to loosen and tighten your text on the page, um, which you know it's a bit of a cheat. Although I think it's allowed. It's a cheat. Um, uh, but especially when you're writing something that uh, contests used to be like do not cheat, but now they don't care. They never, they doesn't come up anymore. Like it doesn't like you know. They don't. Yeah, I was gonna say it's different than like changing the margins or something like that. Basically, right. you like say, oh, we're gonna have the spaces together, just like a fraction, and visually on the page, you usually can't tell. So sometimes you do that if you want to uh, bring the text closer together. It's not like a very densely packed like typewriter script back in the day. Okay. Plus, it's, it's really helpful great. because if you've got a script that's like you know a hundred pages but you know that it's going to be better received if it's 96 you know that sort of thing and so you, you can bring your page count down like it's just better that way but th that's neither here nor there but no right. but as I'm saying, if you make tweaks on one you probably have to go back and make some right you probably have to go back and do it so that's probably if you yeah. do integrate a file from like one or the other like final draft or from writer duet into fade in you probably have to tighten it up retighten it up if you've already done so there there um, is something i kind of speaking of that i do love in writer duet that i don't believe faden has uh and i've only seen it in another program i think movie magic screenwriter had like an addendum program i think it was on a cd at the time so that's how old this, this <laughs> other, other program was which is it has a shortened script mode do you have anything like that on faden i didn't see it a shortened script mode yeah, so shorten script mode basically goes through and finds areas in your script that um, you can shorten. Um, either, you know, basically will tell you like, hey, you can essentially reduce a line in this paragraph if you change your margins or, you know, remove three spaces from the third line. 
No, the only thing that Faden does have, and I, I've recently discovered this, and it's been sort of a godsend, is it like it'll it finds out when you have like inappropriately left like spaces or like gaps or something like oh, that. Oh, like, like a reformat wizard? Like yeah. it, not really a reformatting wizard, or just be like, you this has too many lines, or you didn't put um a action line under this uh slug line you know that sort of like that sort of thing and then just sort of letting you know that like these are little mistakes and stuff like that and a lot of times when you find these different things like it'll like it helps you to sort of uh shorten your screenplay would be like oh you left way too many spaces here um you know unless you were doing it on purpose um you can just sort of be like oh crap i didn't even know that was there like that kind of stuff and also like it also fixes like if you use uh a character's uh, name twice but you didn't mean to like it finds those type of things so that's, oh, the that's kind good. Of, yeah and so uh, check for errors and like okay. I said it's been really really nice on that and I hadn't had that before and I was like oh that's super nice well I will say say widget wise if you look at Raider Duet they have a couple that are similar to short and script that I I think um I use a lot like one of them is a check for present progressive um which is basically mm. I, i'm not anti-present progressive which is basically like verbs that end in ing like he is walking things like that yeah instead of he walks but um especially when you read a lot of newbie scripts suddenly you're like why is everything present progressive yeah. you know he is walking he is talking he is eating you're like please just walk talk and eat like calm down uh he you just made me he yeah, walks. he walks, it's fine. Right. Uh, but that one will check all your present progressives and you can, again, make your choice. You know, there are a few, sometimes people like to keep them in for emphasis. I rarely, and most usually have like one or two in per script because I like that immediacy of the simple present tense. So I love that I can check for that real quick. Um, and then they also do, like I said, the shortened script. And the shortened script is really nice because it will tell you, you know, you can basically say like, I'm a big orphan hunter, mm -hmm. um, which just for the people at home, if you're not familiar, orphans are not little children that we're hunting and killing for fun. Um, I mean, not on this podcast, but. <laughs> not on this. Yeah, that's a different um, No, but orphans are basically words on a script page. Uh, usually it's a small word that takes up a whole line of a page. So like if you have a character say, you know, a bit of dialogue and one word they said in the dialogue bleeds over into the next line. Um, when you're looking to keep your pages nice and succinct, that's a that's a line that's not really getting uh, as much use as it really can. Uh, and so oftentimes that's those, that single word is called an orphan. And the kind of the goal is, is can you rephrase the previous lines in the paragraph to bring that orphan back into the rest of the group? Right. or you know find a way to consolidate it and i'm a big orphan hunter because i think it helps me as a writer um to sit there going okay i've said this line is there a way i can say it more succinctly and shorter uh and usually the line turns out a lot better because yeah i think i've done that too where i was just like is there a way that i can do this so that i don't go into the next page or that the page looks the way i want that's that's sort of like the way that i you know page wizard but um yeah, yeah. i'm i don't know that there's like a real thing to do that and um uh sort of uh fade in but that's i think that might be kind of that might be like a real kind of pet, pet, like a specific pet peeve i i think most people looking for a screenwriting program don't need to worry about it right. i think for me though um i i do get folks who basically now ask me like my writing partner producing partner julia will be like can you put my script through the magic you do on writer duet <laughs> <laughs> Can you do all those things? 
and you know, can I, then can I have it back? Can you run the present progressive and the short and stuff? And right. usually um, it will truncate it down a page or two um, and also, um, you know, help her help align or like be orphanless and things like that. So in right. the end, it usually comes out just a little, it, the people live, you know, at home who are sitting there going, "The great, this is going to turn my 200 page script into a 100 page script. No, <laughs> you know, we're talking about the adjustment of a few pages here right. or there. So please don't uh, rush to buy write or duet thinking that they're going to cut off 100 pages of your script. No. Um, <laughs> but if you're looking to make some tweaks and adjustment, especially if you're writing TV and you're like, I want to end my act break on this page, not have two lines over on the next page, nothing on that page. It's really great to make those little tweaks. Uh, The next category is reformatting, which I feel it, it, we sort of had- We bled over a a little bit into that. Yeah, but like, uh, this one, I feel like there's a clear winner. Again, there's a clear winner that winner is faded. Yes. So, So I think both of these programs have what I call a reformat wizard. Uh, I think that's what Final Draft called them. Basically, it will run through your script and point out any weird formatting. Like if you have those extra spaces, you can run the format wizard and it can be like, hey, you have a space here. Uh, Did you mean to? Or you have a bit of dialogue and there's no character name. It will point those things out before you export it. Uh, But Faden has another feature which will actually allow you to format your lines as you go. Right. Yeah, it's called quick reformat. Um, I just looked it up and I love it because for me, like this is to go to something that's really nerdy, but I think a lot of people do. Um, I know a lot of people write little things or like in like their notes app. And so if you're a Mac person like me, there that you can access your notes um, in the note app from um, your iPad, your iPhone, your MacBook, um, and I have all three um, because uh, you know I'm just I'm just a Mac whore at this point. But like um, you know, if you even if you just have like a your an iPhone and a MacBook, you know, if you're writing your um, your your things in your notes and stuff like that, and then you can copy and paste that into um, uh, fade in, and then just hit quick reformat and go through line by line and just like take anything that it's supposed to be and just make it into that. And man, does that save so much time because I've, you know, if you want to get a scene out where like, you know, like I don't have my notebooks, which is rare, but like, you know, I'm just (laughs) writing something in my phone and, you know, the spirit took me and I ended up writing out like a full scene. Um, I can just take that thing and copy and paste it later right into fade in reformat it it takes no time at all and just go through and make it pretty and it is so great and now that the iphone now does uh can turn written handwritten text into uh type text inside of your notes app it's even better because if you don't have chicken scratch writing then you can take a picture or something (laughs) it'll turn it into text and then it just it's now like a three-step drop and it's just oh it's so good and that for me saves time. Again, I hate retyping things. I hate doing it. I hate doing it. I hate doing it. And there's nothing, uh, I've tried doing it in almost every screenwriting program. Um, uh, Final Draft was pretty good at it, but Fade, fade In is much better. Um, and it's just, it's so good and so fast. Ready to duet. Can't 
get here. And um, for me, like I said, there's there's a I feel like there's there's a challenge zone. You know what I will say is we didn't really talk about them for either app, but I think it's worth we'll throw this back up with the functionality is both of them have um, an app you can use on things like your your phone. Um, yeah. to Continue to work on your pages on the go. Um, because I don't use a notes app. I can just, I generally just pull up my Raider duet and I text with my little thumbs, you know, <laughs> whatever line I want to get to. Uh, That's true. I, I will text. say that. And you, yeah. when you're using the Raider duet version, you're not using a different Raider duet version. You're just using the same program. So it's just whatever. an access to the cloud. Yeah. Right. So you, that does sort of, if you do want to like sort of, you know, save yourself the step, um, you can do that. I just hate writing like that on my phone like the 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 writing in the notes um is easier because then you can just sort of adapt what you're doing sure. to the phone um, i'm not here to change your process Rob. you're <laughs> curmudgeon you're stuck in the mud you know whatever there's no there's no there's no uh there's no, no I'm, I'm very much old dog no no new tricks um but you know like for me like i said in terms of um just having something you know in terms of reformatting um you know that kind of uh i will give point. you that point though yeah because yeah. it's something it is something that um i've ran into a couple of times uh work-wise where like maybe somebody sends me a corrupted file and all the or uh, something's in a dot text yeah like, you know sometimes be. the the old school solution and oh, man you're so nerdy i feel like this is going to be like the nerdiest version of our podcast is like the old school solution. If you had a corrupted final draft file back in the day was to save it as like a text file and then mm -hmm. be imported on a new, on a brand new final draft file. Cause a lot of times it would, if you work on a final draft file for a very long time and you're, you know, copying and pasting text in and whatnot, you're just increasing its chance of corruption. So eventually you'd have to strip out everything, save it as a text file and report import it back into final draft. And sometimes when you did the re-import, it wouldn't remember all of the formatting. So you'd have to run through that formatting assistant just like you were doing right there. Yeah. Because you have to be like, oh, this line is dialogue, this line is this. And it was the quickest way because a lot of those actually, I, I think it's the same for fade in, is it's actually keystrokes. So you can hit like the five, the number five and it will dialogue. Yeah, it. the keystrokes are the exact same. So if you're used to like the uh, things, but that's also, it's also the same keystrokes in writer duet. So I think they're just sort of universal at this point. Okay, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I think so. But um, yeah, so you could literally, uh, you know, just press a few keys and it will, you know, format it. So it is, it is nice. And if you do have a corrupted file running that, that version of that and fade in, you would definitely get those extra points. Now here's the, the next one is sort of like a, like, I don't know what to make of it because we're talking about price now. Um, and so yeah. there's, there's sort of a caveat here because fade in is not free, but writer duet has a free version. Um, but once you buy um sort of uh fade in you, you once you bought it one time you bought it it's 80 bucks yeah. and for me that's not a bad price um you know final draft sometimes comes out with their discounted version which is that right at the fade in's regular price so once you buy fade in yeah. you, you bought it and you get all the updates you get you for free for for life and so for me that's kind of where i stand like I'm about it. But if you want to get sort of the pro version that has like the other features that Writer Duet likes um, to sort of toot out there, you've got to get a subscription-based service, which 
then you know falls into a month-to-month category you're going to spend it more than yeah yeah so it's a a little bit more like a more modern app where you are doing like a subscription-based service like premiere pro or um canva or something like that where um the nice thing about it i have found and i use this for premiere pro and i use this for canva is when you're not using it like if you're going to have a dry month and you're not going to be working on it um you all you have to do is turn off the service and say oh i want to go back to the basic plan this month um so, so you can alternate if you feel like oh i'm not going to be using those features um, but it does, as you said, it's not the same as like $80. It's mine forever. Right. They do have, and, I'm and not all of us are like Kate Tuxford, where we can just win a lifetime subscription to the service. <laughs> uh, well, you know, that's yep. funny you mentioned that because we will be giving away licenses of both Final Draft. Kate Tuxford, you put the bag out of the, 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 the I put the, the bag the, out of the cat. Yeah, the bag out of the cat. Why um, was the cat eating the bag? It's I don't know. Got the bag out of the cat because bag it doesn't sound like something sick, the cat should be But like, <laughs> um, but yeah. So the the price that's sort of there is sort of a weird toss up. This is one where I feel like it's almost a tie again because you've got like there is a free version of Writer Duet. There is no free version of Fade In, but the the you know sort of paid version uh, of Fade In is eighty dollars one time, and you get it forever. And the pro version of uh write a duet is like what ten dollars a month twenty dollars a month ten dollars a month i actually yeah. think it's like eight dollars is eight yeah it's eight dollars a month and but it's eight dollars a month but you can like you said turn it off and turn it on um sort of you know in the way that you can do the same things with like yeah i you like know that. i recommend it for especially if if you're a new screenwriter and you don't know how long you want to work on this or if you um, are working with someone and they're like I got a great idea let's collab yeah so if you if you if you want to just dip your toe in it's a lot cheaper to get started um, with the subscription base um, and see if it's for you so I usually recommend that for folks if they're not really sure what they want to do with it it's easier to spend eight dollars and plunk down 80 to start out and even then uh, the eight dollars is just so you can unlock some of the additional features. There is a free version, yeah. um, and so you could start out with the free version. You know, get some pages done, and the free version is not like a trial version where like um, it's locked or you can't export the pages or they're all watermarked. You can no, export. you think you can get up of like the five scripts in the cloud? Um, yeah, you can basically work on five scripts at a time in the right. free version and export them. So, like, I really recommend it for like if you're a film student uh, and you know you've got like a short film class or something. I recommend that to like my students because you can export it and you can work on it, and it's free. Uh, sometimes schools will supply like licenses for Final Draft, but the licenses are often like oh, it's good for the month. And you have to keep like updating the license and stuff. So I always get panicked messages from my students being like, the license stopped working. It's midnight. I was supposed to be working. And in that case, I'm just like, you know, maybe just like a free version of writer duet or fading yeah. or demo or something just to get you through. Um, so that's that's where it's, it's definitely helpful if you, you have somebody who's going to dabble. I think if you're ready to commit $80 is a really good price. Right, that's the thing. If, if you're ready to commit to screenwriting, like if you like, all right, no, I really want to make this into a thing and you just something that you can just like fire and forget, um, you know, the $80 is not that bad of a price. Um, you know, it you can just 
drop that. And then, like I said, never again. And the updates are never anything where there's, they're huge or whatever like that. Um, and they're always free and they never like sort of keep you from writing. So for me, I'm just, I, I'm very much about that. Plus once the, you know, I will say this, um, you know, and this sort of speaks to, um, you know, sort of functionality again, but like um, writer duet is helpful, but I, the, the fade in people are very hands-on in terms of like, if you have a problem or something like that, something goes wrong, like they are immediately on it. Like you can find them on Twitter and they will immediately jump on it. So they have been really great about that. And so for okay. me, I've, I've never had um, a problem where like, um, you know, that I, that I haven't been able to get help on or have someone respond to me and feel like they really care. So I felt like I'm getting a lot for my $80. Um, sure, you know? absolutely. And so for me, like, yeah, like I said, I'm going to, I'm going to call this one a tie. Um, yeah, I think it's just, slight it's your, edge your mileage to may it depends. Yeah. It depends yeah. on what you're looking for. Uh, also, I do know Writer Duet does do some lifetime subscription sales where you can mm -hmm. basically buy out your subscription. But for the most part, if you're going to log on to their website right now, you'd have to sign up at first, probably for a subs subscription of some sort. Even right. though, it's, yeah. All right, and uh, final category is overall experience. Um, I think that I think you're sort of right, and like your mileage may vary. But for me, um, like. If you're someone who perhaps came up with Final Draft and sort of gave up on it um, or want to give up on it and want to find something that's not going to crash on you and has sort of very similar functionality, um, but the best version of it and something that uh, is a cleaner writer writing experience, something that's not going to distract and has gorgeous Courier Prime. I love that the default uh, font, uh, you know, being nerdy right now is Courier Prime. And I just, it's so gorgeous. Um, and I just, I, I, I dig it um, all the way down. I like that I can keep it up for months at a time and it never crashes. I love that it just allows me to write, which is what I need it for. And so for me, it doesn't try to get fancy. But at the same time, there's uh, amazing functionality to it. The price is right. And um, I never have any problems, uh, you know, reformatting or bringing a file into it. Just does what I need it to do. So for me, Fade In is my um, screenwriting program of choice. Although I will say, um, Again, there, there is no, if you're writing with a partner, there is no experience that is going, there's no screenwriting program that is going to meet your needs as well as write a duet. Um, it just is very well done. And in terms of ubiquity, again, I don't think that there's another screenwriting program in that it is the Google Docs of screenwriting programs. Yes. Um, and so you can just start it anywhere, finish it anywhere, as long as there's an internet connection. And so um, I would recommend either one. Um, like you said, if you're just a baby screenwriter, like something like that, I feel like you might wanna, you know, if you could start off with like the free version of Writer Duet, but if you're looking for something that's going to, you know, sustain you and something that, you know, you feel like in the long run where you just wanna pay the money and forget, uh, Fade In is that screenwriting program for you. Kate Tuxford, your thoughts. Yeah, well, I also wanted to jump on because you were talking about how great um, 
final draft, I mean, final draft, beta ends, technical support is, and I will say that I've had some really good experiences with writer duet as well, um, where, you know, especially they're very active through like Twitter and social media. So you could like literally send them a Twitter message uh, and they'll respond right away and or uh, they have a robust email system. So that's pretty nice as well. Um, and since it's based on the cloud, they do have the ability to like look at your account and see if something's, you know, messed up. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, not saying they're spying on you or anything, but because, because it's, it's central on the cloud, it's a little bit easier to explain sometimes what the problem is um, because they, they are taking care of the cloud. Um, so that's, that's definitely a, a perk, I think, for it. Um, additionally, um, I, I think that something like fade in is great if you want like a very traditional final draft type program in 2020. Um, I'm going to argue maybe being the renegade I am, I don't see the point in ever going back. Uh, because again, <laughs> uh, because you know, once, once you start realizing you can have all these cloud-based features and you can access it anywhere, um, you know, I guess maybe I'm a curmudgeon like you. I don't feel the need to like then go back and have uh, a different program when I'm like sitting down on my desktop um, just, just to have it. Uh, and additionally, I think that um, I found that the Writer Duet export features as PDFs and Final Draft and other sort of exports. Uh, I basically, people think I have any program they have. So if a person thinks that I have fade in, I'll just send them a fade in document. If people think I have, uh, you know, final draft, I can give them a final draft export. So in a way, I feel like I get to be, you know, I get to be compatible with almost every writer I work with. But if you're working solo, it's probably not as important to you. I will argue, these are the shots fired film is a collaborative medium. And so your chances to work alone in a bubble are unlikely eventually at some point somebody is going to want to give you notes on your script or work with you on your script. And so it is definitely something you want to be ready for. Well, uh, I think we, that was a pretty thorough and nerdy uh, breakdown. We'll, Very uh, nerdy. Yeah. I'm so, I'm so. Let's uh, switch to what are we watching, consuming writing? Uh, I said in the last podcast, I was going to be watching a bunch of older movies, which I did not watch. I did rent Some Like It Hot, which is- uh, How I did you it rent it and not watch it? I don't know. I just, I rented it and I just, I got there and I just didn't watch it. I don't know. Like, Some I, Like I, It Hot is one of my favorites. Yeah, it's really great. Um, and um, so I rented that um, and I'm going to watch it. Um, I finished my rewatch of Sense8 and dove right into a rewatch of Fringe, which is now on HBO Max and that is gorgeous. I'm so glad that I don't have to watch it on IMB TV anymore where there are commercials and that is awful. And so <laughs> I can't stand it, but they go. Commercials are uh, awful. Do you ever notice that like when a commercial comes on and you're watching something, do you ever make a mental note? And you're like, well, I'm never buying that. Yeah, yeah. It's like one of the things, like I, I literally go in the opposite direction. I'm like I never want to buy this because you have interrupted my show. Um, like it's, yeah, I, I'm right there with you. But now HBO Max has picked up Fringe. I don't know why that it wasn't on there before, considering it is a Warner Brothers show. Um, yeah. Yeah, doesn't mean, I. who knows? But anyway, so uh, Fringe is great. Um, I, I actually that, just started watching it. That's one of Ben's favorite shows. Oh, it's yeah. so good. It's so yeah, good. Yeah, I just 
started. I went through the pilot this week. I forgot to include that on my list. So ironically, we both watched some fringe this so, week. Yeah, what well, yeah. Oh, I just I love it. I love the the characters. I love their little the, the little family unit that sort of builds up. It's one of the most underrated, I feel like, shows in the last like 20 years. And it just, in terms of network procedural sort of X-Files-ish kind of shows and stuff like that, it's just, it's very, it's really great. And it's like, I just love the way it's written. And I love the characters. I don't think that I, there are very few characters that I love as much as these characters. Um, and I'm looking forward to going back through it with no commercials. Um, in terms of what I'm writing, I am down to the last uh, 15 out of 10 pages, <laughs> 15 out of 10 pages that I am writing for a try. Um, yeah, it should be only 10 pages left, but I, it's 15. And so it, but whatever it's the, the train is, is heading into the station. That's what's most important. I have no longer at the point where I'm like, am I going to finish this? It's just now I am going to finish this is how many pages am I going to do this in? If I can find a way to not do it in 15 pages, then I will do that. But I have a sneaking suspicion that it is just going to be 15 pages and I'm just going to have to suck that up. You're going to have to live with that. Yeah. It's okay. Especially for a first draft, it's fine. Um, write the five extra pages. Because yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it just needs it. And then you're going to sit there and going, sit there and go, well, maybe I did need just 15 pages. You know, what? If, maybe I needed 12 pages. Like maybe I was. Yeah. Really, Maybe Hopefully, I, I, yeah, I can just get rid of like, you know, I was thinking I was doing stuff today where I was looking at some of the early parts and I was just like, here are lines that I just don't need. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So That's, you'll be well, fine. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, if not, I, I have a short 80 pages is not a bad place to start. I have a shortening place. feature in my writer duet. We can make some tweaks. <laughs> okay. All right. You you really want to start fighting at the end of this podcast. Go ahead. Do. What are you what are you watching this week? Um, so I am watching with uh, Celia, I'm watching The Great, uh, season two of, on Hulu, okay. which is a very delightful. Um, I once, one period of time in my life, had wanted to write a Catherine the Great project. I'm so happy I didn't because this is so much fun and it's so much <laughs> better uh, than um, my my take. So I'm, I'm delighted in it. And I love how you know, comedic and over the top and silly it is. Not necessarily super historically accurate, um, but I do love that they um, have taken- Sort of in the age of Bridgerton, I don't think anything is anymore. People no, you know, you know, I think sometimes uh, we, we, and maybe this is just folks who, you know, we've all had to do historical stuff. We kind of do make people from the past a little stuffy just by default. Mm -hmm. Since all the media about them was stuffy, so we assume they're stuffy, but the truth is, is maybe the media was stuffy. You know, it's like you're not always getting the full picture of the person you're researching and learning about anyway. I also tried to watch the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window. Oh, God. Uh, which, you know, by title alone and the fact that Kristen Bell was in it, I was like, woo, uh, you know, and it, I think they tried to Should parody all the- bait and switch. Like, yeah, you know. I was like, I thought I was promised like a pretty stupid, dumb comedy. I was expecting it to be like just a very hyperbolic version of that. Like I wanted the clue, uh, you know, yeah, the parody that. version of that. And people will yeah. argue that it is a parody. And I would argue that you don't know what a parody is. Yeah, I, I was I think if you have to debate it, uh, then it right. isn't. Uh, then it isn't like nobody's like, no, Airplane is a very serious movie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 
it's no it's basically you no know one is saying it. right uh, <laughs> uh there's no there's no confusion so the fact no. that there is confusion and i watched it and um oh. you know in the background and i can i can honestly say i think the biggest problem is they tried to emulate this type of movie so much that they actually just kind of made the same movie that they were making fun of yeah um, it yeah uh, with just, like with, a couple like satirical with tonal problems. issues and it just yeah. yeah yeah and i think i think it i think i could almost see the development hell that it potentially went through i don't want to ruin the show for people who whatever like that but i can say i will ruin like my recommendation is there are other things on netflix than you can watch so yeah yeah let's just you know let's just leave it there yeah i was gonna say it was kind of disappointing um that that's what the end result was because part of me wanted like I just wanted something bonkers, like Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. You know, like I wanted, I just wanted something that was nutty as could be, um, and it was not. So uh, anyway, let's move on yeah. to this week's resource since I already uh, spilled the beans, Rob. Yeah, you want to go for it then? You want to read the the thing? You want to go for it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So our resource is a giveaway. Um, we are doing. Uh, a giveaway. This is thanks to uh, Screenwriting Twitter, which is where this um, episode came from. We, uh, Rob and I, were teasing each other online via Twitter about you know fighting about fade in and writer duet, uh, and discuss uh, basically the screenwriting programs fade in and writer duet has uh, basically each given us a program to bequeath to one of our listeners. So if you're able to see in your podcast app, the question posed to this episode, answer it there, leave your email address and Twitter handle, or, uh, and you'll be entered into this contest. But if you're coming from Twitter, the question is, of the two screenwriting programs discussed today, which one seems more like your speed? Answer on Twitter and tag Kay or Rob uh, in the tweet so we see it and we will enter you in the contest. This is a way to get free screenwriting software. Right, we'll be giving out one copy of Writer Duet and one copy of Fade In. Uh, and that is our and, and show. This, this Writer Duet is a lifetime subscription. So yes. it is a one and done. Uh, either one of these, you will you will have screenwriting program for life. Right. Uh, and life. Go on. <laughs> so that's our show. Uh, screenwriting for the Trenches can currently be found Trenches. on anchor apple google and spotify podcast as well as kevinlmartin.com and since we are a new podcast we'd appreciate it if you dropped us a like or rated us five stars um on whatever platform that you patronize because algorithms for questions for us that we can and will answer on the show email rob at rob mofo.com you can also find us on twitter at respectable mofo kate is at k underscore tux and these things, as well as my YouTube channel, where I have a series, How to Make a Movie for $1,000, where we will soon be starting up season two, will all be linked in the show notes. So thanks for listening. Uh, <laughs> we hope that you will continue to, to do so, where we'll get even more nerdy on the show. Now, stop procrastinating. Those pages aren't going to write themselves. Kay, thank you again for another episode. And uh, thank you to Writer Duet and Fade In for sponsoring our free giveaways this week. Uh, everybody have a good writing week. Mm -hmm.